0: Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment, and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee, and thank you for tuning in to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. Today, we are joined by special guest Kristen Forche. Kristen is a chartered professional accountant as well as a payroll compliance practitioner. Kristen Forche Consulting Inc. was built from a passion for finance and the desire for business owners to make confident money decisions. With over 15 years corporate finance and accounting experience, Kristen supports entrepreneurs as they set up new businesses or when they find they're ready to align their money, values, and goals to be strategic in their business. So I'm so excited. We're talking numbers. Um, I can talk numbers and money stuff all day. So I'm, lo- I'm very grateful to have you here today, Kristen. And um, I think this is such an important topic because it's you know, it's really getting into the idea of entrepreneurship and starting your own business and the money side of things. And in your email note to me when we were going back and forth about the topic and whatnot, um, you talked about people saying things like, "I'm not good with numbers." You know, the finances part is the tricky part, and and that could you know potentially be holding people back from moving forward. So I love this conversation. And hopefully it does help inspire people who might be finding themselves in those positions, or maybe they're a couple of years in business, but just need some advice on the finances side of things. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, to get started, can you get, give us just a little bit more about your journey and what brought you to create your consulting
1: business? Sure. Thanks, Kaylee, for having me on. Um, I, think, I think I met you about three years ago through your Lunch and Learn sessions. And so it's been so interesting to see how that's evolved into the podcast. Um, so for myself, I grew up, my parents had always had a desire to have a small business. So I knew from a pretty early age that that was going to be part of our, our lifestyle. And my parents eventually did buy a business. We moved to Saskatchewan and they hustled. uh, I'm so proud of all their hard work and their success, but it really framed what I grew up with and what I saw. So I followed the usual path. I went to the University of Regina. I got a great job opportunity, so I moved back to Calgary. And a couple of designations later, I still have a corporate job. Um, I've had so many great mentors um, over the years who have pushed me to do better and after I had my first child, I just knew that there was, there was more that I was meant to do to help others. And because I have that background with my parents' business, I know what it's like to be in that, in that hustle mindset. And so I really wanted to support entrepreneurs so they could understand their finances and those processes, so they could set up some better systems. So in doing this, this allows them to focus on their clients or to focus on new revenue streams, or even it's the fact of getting that time for their passions outside of the business. Uh, I don't think finance has to be so complicated. So I really wanna be that support to people to help them through that.
0: Yes, yeah, so I love that, kind of keeping it simple. Um, and you're right, there's so much, cause when you're an entrepreneur, there's so many moving parts and you don't want to get stuck in or ultra focused in that one piece. Um, Cause the finances is a very important part of the business and obviously continuing to be in business and, and grow and build, but um, probably you started it because your passion was um, something to do with the business itself. So um, I love this conversation because I do find, um, I, I mean, a lot of the listeners on this podcast are women and I work with a lot of women. So seeing women entrepreneurs get really caught up in the number side of things and, um, that kind of takes away from that time for their business and that, that deep passion they have. So um, yeah, I wouldn't want that to discourage someone from being entrepreneurial. Um, so can you tell us a little bit then about how the conversations that you have with entrepreneurs, what does that look like? How does it start?
1: Sure. So a lot of times, um, a lot of my clients are actually female entrepreneurs. I didn't start out with that focus, but that's been what's gravitated. Um, a lot of people find me on Instagram or it's through connections that we have to mutual friends. Um, but it usually starts with people who are feeling overwhelmed or shameful about their money. Um, and again, this goes back to they, they're really quick to say, I'm not good at math or I, I don't get numbers. I don't think that way. And so they don't know the money side of their business. Or sometimes they have a spouse or a partner who's questioning Is this really viable? And so sometimes those conversations start from a bit of a dark place. But as soon as we start talking, our conversations are really meant as a safe place where you can just be vulnerable and explain where you're at in the business and what's holding you back. So I really want those conversations to be curious. So you're asking questions and you're starting to understand the topics that really impact you and your business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's almost, I mean, it's sounding very like coaching like and um because you're goal planning with them too and and pulling that out too. And like you said, not feeling safe and comfortable. Cause again, for some reason, um, you know, money, the conversations around money can sometimes feel very like shameful or people don't want to talk about it, but it's it's so important. So I love hearing that too, that safe space to have these conversations. Um, What are some of the biggest challenges that you're seeing for small business or entrepreneurs then um, when it comes to like the money finances, maybe it's COVID related, maybe it's not, but what are some of those things that are coming up?
1: Yeah. Um, So really it seems pretty consistent. It's knowing where to start. Um, So there's so many pieces, so many moving pieces when you're starting a business. Um, It usually starts from a really creative place where you're, providing something to your ideal customer, but then it starts to need more structure as it moves from that fun hobby or great idea into a full business. And with that, we often, when we get overwhelmed, we either bury our head in the sand and we only focus on like the little things that we know we can see and do, or on the flip side, some people get really busy and they invest a ton of money on day one because they want to have all the experts on their team which is great but we also forget that it takes time to get that cash flow started so just because you have a great idea and you go out and hire everybody doesn't guarantee that there's going to be a client standing on the other side ready to pay for those services Um, as well for um, some of the new businesses i actually created a new business checklist this year that i share with my mailing list and with clients it really covers the list of financial and other things that are really important to consider as they get started. So some of this, this is right from step one in terms of what kind of business structure should you have? How do you get that started? Do you need to register? Do you need a business name? How do you get GST set up? All those type of things. And it's not that everybody has to do all of those things. It depends on what your business is. It depends on your risks. And in no way am I a tax accountant or a lawyer, Um, but it's more, I try to make that awareness so that people have something in front of them that says, okay, I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of the insurance aspect. So now I need to go ask more questions to this party so they can support me. So it's really that, that checklist to get people to explore and determine what's relevant for the business that they're starting.
0: That sounds awesome. A good tool to have. So if they get on the, your mailing list, do they get a copy of that? They do. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good reason to get on the mailing list. Um, cause yeah, just getting that kind of all in one place, um, yeah, pointing out things that we wouldn't even think about. Um, cause you're right. You're wanting to get started, get going, and maybe you, you know, there's some blind spots we have too on that side of things. Um, is there does that overlap kind of with common mistakes, or is there anything you would add for what are some of the common mistakes people make?
1: Um, so there's a lot of times that I see the administrative kind of back end of the business is considered less important than the operation side, and with that I recognize if we don't have revenue, we don't have a business. So it doesn't matter how great you do the back end if you're not generating cash. Um, But a lot of times I see people who have put off their bookkeeping for months or the entire year for whatever reason. But ultimately this leads to that major overwhelm at year end or you're getting charged for a big invoice because you need somebody else to go through and sort through all the all the receipts and organize on your behalf. And so this is kind of the same for the insurance and the tax side of things. We're quick to kind of ignore those things that aren't quite as sexy in the business, but they're the back end that really supports us being able to go out and do good work every day. And so this is where it's really important to ask questions of those experts to make sure you're appropriately covered. Um, Another mistake that I see is that um, when you're using a bookkeeper or some of those other experts, we're assuming that somebody else is doing everything correctly and that we no longer need to check in. So this is when you send everything to your bookkeeper and you maybe never ask questions and they don't necessarily give you any feedback. So this mistake is just, you should be reviewing your reports each month um, to see what's working and what isn't working in your business. So again, that's, it's diving in to ask those questions and get curious to make sure that your business is doing what you want it to do so that you can actually see the places where you're putting your time and energy and money are actually delivering. And the clients that you work with are paying you in cash so that you can keep going.
0: Yeah. So staying engaged is so important. So it's, it's yeah. one thing to delegate and get someone doing those tasks. Absolutely. Um, to free up some time. But staying engaged, because you're right, it's like, it's intertwined with the, well, what is the return on my investment? Is this working? Is this not? Like, are you funneling a bunch of money into, you know, marketing or something like that? And it's actually not even generating return, or is that not even where customers are coming from? Or um So, oh, really? yeah, so the numbers, I mean, maybe you don't want to be the one. Inputting all the numbers or doing all the sort of intricacies with the numbers, but being engaged in understanding what they mean, um, because yeah. you're right, that's going to help you with understanding where is your business going? Is it following the vision you had? Is there things you have to change? Um, yeah. What are some tips then for getting organized? I'm sure there's lots of jif- different like apps or programs. So you'd probably have some
1: maybe good ideas for what people can utilize. Yeah. I think it's really important to use the systems that are available. So lots of people really like QuickBooks Online or Wave as a free, as a free application. Um, there's many other comparable systems, but really get a system and decide you're gonna stick with it and really learn it. So use the apps that they have. So, so many of them have apps that will track your mileage, they'll create quotes, it'll automate your bank feed. And so this really takes down the amount of manual work that you have to do to support the financial side of your business. It gets you organized. It contains everything in one platform. So you can go back and really get organized and look at reports that are really across the whole range of your business. So instead of using multiple platforms and pulling out reports and trying to piece things together, which people ultimately don't usually do, you might look in one place for a report and that's as far as you go. So with that, I also really recommend a money date. And I think Jolie actually talked about a money date um, when it was talking about personal finances. And so I've always stressed this on the business side as well, because, you know, put put one day a week, put a small 30-minute appointment in your calendar. You would never bail on a friend or a client. And so really take this time to honor yourself and your money within your business. Um, And so with this time, go in, catch up on all your invoicing, check who you owe money to and when it's due, uh, capture all your expense receipts into your system, and this is your chance to sit down and at that point review how are your finances actually doing. If you've had a crazy week and you feel like you've done great things and you look at it and there's no additional cash flow, is this a matter of the cash flow is delayed? just because of the way the clients pay you? Or is this one of those things where your expenses are actually too high and you're eating away all of your profit? And so when you sit down on a regular basis, you actually start to really dive into those things and you start seeing those nuances and where you can make better decisions so that you're building up that cash reserve so you can do something even better with your business or take it in a new direction or add another revenue stream.
0: Yeah, okay. So it was QuickBooks was one of them. And you said Wave is the other one it's called?
1: Yeah, Wave is another one.
0: Okay. And those are kind of, they would have all the different pieces in that, like you said, tracking mileage. Um, Okay, perfect. Good to know. Um, And then you're right, like setting that, setting a recurring event, um, maybe Mm -hmm. it's weekly Maybe it's monthly, depending on how many sort of invoices and moving parts are coming in. Um, I think that's a great idea for people, too, because you're right. It gets to that. It's when it's like gets to year end and you have the (laughs) pile. That's just daunting. No one wants that to
1: happen. No,
0: no. Um, What are some? So those are kind of tips on like the technical side of things too. But when we're talking about, you talk about wanting people to feel confident and engaged. And so on that side of things, like what, what can people do business owners to just become, you know, feeling more comfortable, confident on the money side of things for their business?
1: Yeah, it's really all back to education and knowledge. You think of all the things we've learned over the years, we were never an expert on day one. Um, and with that, it doesn't mean that you need to be an accountant to be successful in your business. You started because you love what you do, and we, we need the creatives in the world. So now it's really time to sit down and get curious, to ask those questions, and decide how you want your business to continue. Those things should be built into your goals and your business plan for the whole year. So the more you talk about money, the more confident you become, because you're actually being proactive you're seeing those strategic things that you have control over. And so you can look at a big picture and make decisions on a much wider basis. And then when you actually have the systems in place as well, you're understanding your cash flow. So I find for a lot of people, when they start putting these things in place, they've actually given themselves some breathing room because they can settle into the business a little more. They feel like they know what's coming and for the things that they don't know that are coming, they have a better idea of where their finances can ebb and flow and where they could give themselves a bit more room or where they could cut back. And so it's really just being aware of it and asking more questions and reaching out for that support. It gives you just that confidence every day because you do a little bit more with it.
0: Yeah. And I love that. And I, I've seen it. I've seen the scenario play out a lot of the times, women entrepreneurs, um, they're they're doing well like in their business it's going fabulous but it's almost like they do kind of hit this like like a hit a wall or it's like a plateau point where um you know maybe its capacity is sort of they're at their limit um what do you suggest like for people like that cuz then i find that they can get so caught up in the day to day that it does hit that point where it's well it's not going to go any further if it's just now like this is sort of doing business kind of continuing on as is there's not that growth potential if all your hours in the day are already full now
1: yeah yeah I think that happens in my opinion because we get so into the weeds of our own business and so we really do build constraints around ourselves and say this is what we do and this is how we operate and so that's where it's really beneficial to talk to somebody else that you really respect or somebody else in your industry and say, like, this is the wall I'm hitting. What what do you see with it? And so it gives you that chance to kind of step back as the business owner and really say, like, OK, so if I wanted to take this to the next level, what would that actually look like? And when you start looking at it from kind of a, a bit of a removed lens, you're giving yourself some more opportunities because we get so used to the way we've done things But you forget about all the other opportunities out there. And again, it seems overwhelming. You're looking at potentially changing your business model or adding on pieces. And it's that overwhelm. But you started the business feeling that way too. And so when you get that support and you can ask for for some extra information, you really can get into that place of like, okay, I can see the other possibilities. now let's break it down into goals. That are really manageable and start building it back up again so that you can take it to the next level maybe it means that you need to hire a team you obviously need to understand your cash flow and be able to support that team if you want to be viable
0: yeah yeah like you said bringing in other people so you said friends or or asking opinions but um even like someone like yourself like a coach that's going to help us sort of see beyond our blinders. Like there's, there's coaches yes. for everything out there and I love it. And I'm <laughs> such a proponent of coaches. Um, I have a writing coach. I got my life coach um, because they all do something different, but it it is kind of turning that whole, like that closed mindedness or we're sort of just go, go, go. And instead it's like, okay, what else is possible? And they, they, mm-hmm that's other person's opinion really helps with that. So if you are an entrepreneur and you, you found yourself, you've hit the wall um, yeah, do yourself a favor and, and decide, you know, what is that going to take for me to go to the next level? Cause um, I love like the whole entrepreneurial journey and seeing people out there doing their thing. So I, I so want I think we all want entrepreneurs to succeed and small businesses make our economies run. And um, so I love this conversation and hopefully it is inspiring some hardworking entrepreneurs out there to go, okay, you know, what can I do to lessen some of this, um, this, this workload on myself and and make like bring my business even to another level where I'm I can be helping or serving more people or bringing this product to even more people whatever it is the kind of business you're doing I love that um what else was I going to say to that so when we talk about being more confident is there any other like resort resources or ideas you suggest for business owners in that sense
1: yeah so Going back, we often don't we don't talk about money in our family or in our peer groups, we might not feel like we have relationships that are well-versed in that. We often, we can make referrals for um, renovations or house cleaners or all kinds of things, but we often don't know somebody who's well-versed in finance to support us. And so depending on the size of your business and where you're at, I really do recommend just as you said, to find an expert who's open to having conversations like this, and they really want to share their knowledge. They've worked with a ton of other entrepreneurs, and they've seen things that they can give you as good tips and resources. So this could be an accountant or a consultant or a coach like me. But when you're going through this experience and you start talking to people, I really do recommend that you go and talk to a few different people because you really want to get kind of that gut feel, that intuition from them. If, if you sit down to have a conversation with them and you're like, no, I don't, like our personalities don't really work or there's something about it. that you, you have to trust that because if you don't want to open up to them just to have a normal conversation and visit, you're not going to open up about things that are worrying you or talk about your financial issues that you're concerned about or or your big dreams, right? It doesn't always have to feel negative. It can be on the positive side that if you're not really comfortable in a relationship, you're not going to be quick to just jump to and be like, hey, you'll never guess what I want to build. How do we do it, right? So you need to do, you really need to go for that kind of fit when you're working with an expert. Um, As well, I really love BusinessLink here in Alberta and BDC for all their resources to support entrepreneurs. Um, They just—they have so many things, it doesn't matter the size of your business, they have resources that are ready to support you and they do a really great job of breaking it down into manageable pieces. It isn't a giant PDF for you to do these 10,000 steps, it's here's your problem, here's some of the ways that you can solve it. I also did some presentations um, for Bow Valley College last year and they do quite a few educational events too. So depending on where you're located, look for some of those colleges in your community. So many are offering things like this now because there's just so many entrepreneurs and there really is that demand to support our learning.
0: Yeah. What would you suggest like for um, people that want to, I mean, with everything that's gone on with COVID, um, I think it has changed people's maybe perspective on their careers and what they want to do. Maybe there always was this business they had in mind and, you know, now it's, they feel really inspired to get moving on it. Um, But maybe they're looking at it as, okay, I I work in my full-time career. This is something that I really want to do. I'm passionate about. So it's almost like starting that side hustle or what would you suggest for people in that position?
1: Yeah. So I think the first thing is really start talking about your business idea and get feedback. Um, your your idea is probably great, but you need to determine how viable it is and if people are actually willing to pay for it. So what problem are you solving for people? And this is where it's probably a good idea to ask outside of your immediate circle. Get, get to those people who would really give you honest feedback and they'll ask them real questions that push you to think about You know, the other aspects within the business, you have to think bigger than just this one product that you really love or you really want to sell to people. And then next is that you have to consider what that is really going to look like for you. So is this a hobby that you really enjoy, but you maybe don't want to do day in and day out? Is this something that you want to do for some extra income on the side? And so that's really important because when you start a business, you're you're going to have to invest some of your own cash to get started. So you have to understand how much money am I willing to put into this company to get it up and running before it's potentially paying you back. And then with the, with the side hustle, I think it's really important to talk to other people who are doing things that are kind of similar to what you're dreaming up. So I think, we live in such a virtual world now, and with Instagram, it's so easy to find people who are doing similar things to you and reach out to them and just ask them, what what worked great for you when you started? Where did you feel like you needed more support? What do they wish they knew earlier? I find everybody is really great about opening up and sharing their experiences. We all love to talk about ourselves and our stories, where we came from, so it's really a chance to go in and And meet people and build some good connection before you've even started it so that you're really informed when you do get started.
0: Yeah, I love those ideas like I was writing some notes and what I pulled out just that idea of talking to others because there is so much power in that. And it's it helps even like set the expectations for yourself too. So if it's like, you're so ready to go and you're passionate and you're ready to get started and maybe you are working full-time and you wanna get this off the ground going and then quit your job, but maybe it's gonna help set some expectations on, okay, you know, when can I expect the cash flow that I'd need to, um, offset my income that I'm earning right now that like, what kind of, you know, day-to-day expenses do I need in my life to cover my bills and things like that. And then setting some expectations on when you think you can really go full in versus keeping it kind of on the side and growing it. So Mm -hmm. I love that idea of talking to others because they can share their journey. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we just see on the outside, you know, after they've made it, but They have great stories, like you said, of just all the hard work and what they did. And um, people are willing to share kind of what what they would recommend for people. You know, maybe don't do this, do that. And so there's lots of shortcuts in doing that, too. So it's definitely helpful to do. I like that idea a lot. Um, What about, uh, okay, so shifting, like, so I guess for entrepreneurs that are maybe full-on in business, have their small businesses. Um, sometimes what I find with women is the struggle of um, paying themselves and, you know, at the beginning or in the early phases or in the early years, they might be putting everything back into the business and reinvesting it to grow the business. Is there any tips you can have about um, paying yourself or what that looks like? And um, yeah, to just make sure that, you know, they feel that they're being rewarded too, for what they're doing.
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and paying yourself, ultimately, the ease of it comes down to your business structure as well. Um, but it's really making sure that you are obviously charging what your products and services are worth. And so this is where when you're going through your money date and you're going through your reporting, you really want to make sure there's that profit margin that is, is living up to what you want it to be. You don't need to be the most expensive person, but you also shouldn't be the cheapest person. You need to find that sweet spot that really values what you do. I think we very much live in a generation where we focus on our hourly rate. And because it's easy, right? It's easy to say, well, I did four hours, but ultimately you're an expert at what you do. And so you're actually giving away your value because you, you have all this training, you have all this experience. And so it's really a matter of looking at your prices and making sure that it's an appropriate reflection of where you're at. With that being said, I don't think you should change your prices every month because when people refer products or services, they wanna be able to rave about it. They don't wanna find out that you've changed your prices yet again. Um, And then with that, it's starting to build up that, that cash reserve. And so when you're looking at taking money out of the business and again, depending on your structure, It's when you know your numbers, you can say, okay, so this is kind of that surplus cash up and above the next however many months of expenses that I want to keep as a cushion. So knowing that you can give yourself, pay yourself from the company, but also leave that reserve, so you're not necessarily needing to inject money right back into the company. And so as you're going through your money date and you really start to build up that financial that financial muscle. You, you can see that and it just makes it easier for yourself to plan.
0: Yeah, yeah, that staying engaged in that knowledge piece is gonna make it, you're right, just help you feel more comfortable so you won't have those, maybe you won't have as much insecurity or hesitation about like, oh, can I afford to take this money out or you know, do I have to keep it all in the business and then you find yourself maybe struggling. Um, and so, yeah, getting really clear the more you know and understand Um, the more confidence comes with that. And then that ability to really get, okay, how can I navigate through my finances? Is is this feasible? Do I feel good about that? Um, I love that. And you talk about, can you tell us a little bit about your family finance Fridays that you started? So I follow you on Instagram. You have lots of good tips and things like that. So everyone should also give you a follow if they want to learn more about this, especially entrepreneurs like we're talking about. But um, what inspired Family Finance Fridays and what is that all about?
1: Yeah. Um, So over the last year, I kept I kept thinking about kids and how generational our money issues actually are. And so really, you grew up in a house that either talked about money or didn't. And that really shaped your relationship with money now. And so we all want we all want better for our next generation, so I had reached out to my friends and some peers asking, "What do you wish you knew about money earlier in life?" And so I really thought I would get a few responses here and there over the next couple of weeks, and I basically got bombarded <laughs> with with great impact input immediately. It seemed like everybody had something to say, and it wasn 't just like one topic; it was like everybody had like five to 10 sections that they wanted to share. And so I, I was like, okay, this is big. We need to talk about this. And so really I feel like we, we don't do enough in schools to talk about money topics. Those are like talking about mortgages, good and bad debt. How do you evaluate a lease perch- or a lease versus a purchase opportunity, or why is it important to start investing early? But then on the flip side, At home, we're also not really talking to our kids about finances. And so, an easy one that we don't talk about is like our financial surprises. So, your furnace quits, or you all of a sudden need a new roof. Those are the things that you can really easily talk about so that your kids can start understanding like, this is part of why we work on savings is so when we have these financial surprises. We might not have hundred percent of the cash that we need for that item, but we have a chunk already ready for those kind of things. And so I don't think you have to get down to the dollars and cents of your salary or anything like that. If, if that's what your comfort level is, you can go for it, but really it's just to start talking more about it. And so on Fridays, I share a concept on Instagram to chat about with your family or some ideas for you to start using in your everyday life. And so this is just to increase your children's awareness, but it also gets you all more open to just talking about finances. So it creates that curiosity and the openness for your kids to really ask questions. They're so curious and they have the funniest little take on everything around them. So the more you talk about it, you're going to get kind of funny answers, but you're ultimately setting them up to be better equipped as adults to deal with all these things that get thrown at them when they turn 18.
0: Yeah. I love that. I'm such a huge proponent of, um, financial literacy for children. I just did a recording financial resolutions for the new year. And one of my tips is about raising money, savvy kids, um, anything we can do to teach our children and, um, my daughter's sick. So it's kind of funny and, and fun to talk to her about money, but, um, it is, you know, and and maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense to her right now at the age of six, but it's starting to, you know, gain that perspective. So she understands what things we actually pay money for. And, um, so they don't think money grows on trees and they're not, (laughs) I mean, I wish it did, but, but you're right. But also using that curiosity and openness with the conversation because we don't have to make yeah. it, you know, stressful or because, uh, I mean, we don't want our kids taking on financial stress, but yeah, yeah. if we can't have a sense of like, this is interesting, let's, let's get curious. Let's make this fun. Let's make it a, a good conversation to have um, mm-hmm. rather than it not stressful. So then we can, yeah sure. We're not growing up with stresses about money as well. Yeah. I love that. Totally. So Yeah. Yeah, so love to hear that you're doing that and asking others what they wish they sure. would knew, and then we can kind of spread, spread the knowledge and share that with. I'm sure other people then probably have similar experiences and whatnot. So that's great. I love that idea. Um, any thoughts on? I wanted to ask you if you have any thoughts or tips on budgeting. So that's always like, I'm. It's one that's important in your personal finances. I'm sure it's one important in your business finances. But for me, like I always think when I think of budgeting, I'm like, it's like a bad word. When people hear it, they're like, oh. So yeah. any ways to make it fun and interesting or any
1: ideas? Yeah. So I I think everybody kind of cringes a little. You either love budgeting or you like absolutely like avoid it like crazy. And so I really try to get people to focus on cash flow forecasting. And so with that, you're still looking at your expenses and you still have an idea, you know what income you're bringing in, you know what you're spending your money on. But I think a cash flow forecast feels less restrictive. So a budget, a lot of people have that mentality of, well, I have $400 for groceries this week, but I went to Costco because we needed to stock up and I spent $500. And they feel like their budget's been blown. So it's really that all or nothing mentality, which, which doesn't move us forward, right? And so I think when people look at cash flow forecasting from a bit more of a holistic standpoint you're still going through and deciding like where are my priorities where do I want to be spending money and be really really have that intent and be really specific with your money and what you want it to do I also think it's good because you can start building in your goals of you know when the world opens back up again and people are traveling or doing big things with friends and family. Your cash flow forecast can kind of start having in like, okay, in March, we want to do this trip. So how much money do we need by then to pay for it? And so I feel like as you go through the year, it gives you a chance to kind of work your numbers backwards almost. And so it almost, as a numbers person, I think that's fun. Um, but it really gives you a chance to look at it from a higher view and not so nitty gritty in your in the budget sense that really kind of turns people off.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, I love it. Cash flow forecasting, much better, much better way to yeah. think about it. To <laughs> say it, love it. Um, so just being mindful of time. Can you maybe just summarize a little bit of um, where people can find you, and then. Who, you know, if they're entrepreneurs or whatnot, you know, who might want to be reaching out to you? Like, what would they expect? Maybe just give us kind of a brief rundown of what your process looks like.
1: Sure. Um, so my website is Consulting.ca, but I'm most easily found on Instagram. I'm kristin.forche, and I love getting questions. Uh, sometimes that's all the conversation is, is a couple of quick finance questions or we go on to a tangent about all kinds of other fun stuff. Uh, if, we, if there's a fit and it feels like a good chance to chat and potentially work together, um, I always do a 30-minute free consult. So we jump on a call and we get to know each other a little bit more and to understand your business and where you're at. And so it's kind of a good chance for people to get some really immediate results with something that's you know, something that's rolling around their brain and keeping them up at night, it's a chance to get that maybe sorted out a little bit or get pointed in the right direction without any commitment. And then it can give you an idea of whether um, consulting with me or a coaching opportunity is the right fit.
0: Okay perfect so reach out if you are interested in that console or just if you have a few questions um, totally. or follow you on Instagram for all those good tips and uh, the organization yeah. tips or the getting started tips too so I love all those um, and I'll have the links in the show notes too for everyone so you can also just look on the show notes and click away from there and thank you so much Kristen is there anything kind of wrapping up that we missed that you want to say or summarize or a, a thought to leave our listeners
1: with? I think, I think we, we deal with money every day. And my goal really is for people to be excited about their money and feel like it's working for them. So giving, giving people the knowledge and power to know that it's not that complicated. If they can sit down and ask questions, they really can get to a point where they're really confident and it can be fun.
0: Okay. So it doesn't have to be a nightmare money. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to love numbers as much as we do. Um, You just got to be open-minded. We'll find a way to make it interesting for you. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kristen. This was awesome. Um, Lots of great tips for entrepreneurs. I love this. Um, So thank you so much for your time and we will catch you next time. Thank you everyone. I hope you found value in this episode, and because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much, and I will catch you next time.